Hello and welcome to Five Alive. It's great to have you with us once again today where we are continuing to study God's Word as it applies to us as Christians. Today we're going to be talking about life after death or hope beyond tomorrow. Uh, I want to start this with a discussion on mortality. Our mortality is something that we are frequently confronted with. We all recognize that we are not promised tomorrow. So what are some ways over the generations, over the years, even today, that we have tried to combat or delay death? Medicine. And how, do, how, how does that exactly delay or combat death? Exactly. Well, quite a lot back before modern medicine, quite a lot of diseases, polio, uh, SARS, um, tuberculosis, modern medicines has helped prevent those and even certain injuries like uh, breaking your arm and other stuff like that is we've developed ways to prevent gangrene and other things from affecting our bodies as much. And so we live much longer than we used to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What are other ways that we're trying to combat or stay off or delay death? People believe that if you freeze yourself in ice, then you can come back to life later in history. Correct. Chronics. Cryogenics. Cryogenics. Ted Williams believed it. He was a baseball player in the United States. He's had his body removed from the uh, from his head, and both are frozen in different places so that that way one day if the science and technology gets strong enough he can be put back together and live again. I got on social media today and I saw one that is trying to last for forever. It was created by the makers of Facebook. This is the reason they changed their name to Meta or one of the reasons that they've changed their name to Meta is so that that way they could have the Metaverse and what happens in the Metaverse you stay young forever. I mean, it can, you can be anything. You can be absolutely anything. And you can live for forever. That's for certain. What did Ponce de Leon look for? The fountain of youth. And he found Florida instead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, he wanted the fountain of youth, you know, the, the uh, acclaimed mythological water that you could drink and therefore live forever. And your mortality would be stayed off. About 20 years ago, there were some scientists in Scotland. They wanted to make sure that we could live a little bit longer. So they cloned a sheep and cloning started. Dolly was the first sheep that they tried to clone or that they successfully cloned, I should say. Uh, as you've noticed within the last 20 years, uh, cloning is not mentioned much in the, uh, in the world of science anymore because it's just not feasible to be able to do that. And then I have one more, and it's cybernetics, which is a transference of our mental and soul into a computer. We think that maybe by creating ourselves into cyborgs, we will be able to live longer. This is not currently feasible in science. However, theoretically, there are many scientists that believe that this could be possible in the future. 
and that the main way in order to incorporate that we would do this, according to like uh, Ray Kurzweil, who was a developer of AI, they say that first we have to have a full acceptance of computers as if they are already living because artificial intelligence will never really live on its own. It can only calculate and predetermine things according to what the maker which is us, have told it to, and so therefore it will never really be living. However, as humans, we will begin to believe that our robots are real and that they do live, even though they don't really, but our mind will be confused by this happening, and so therefore they are going to start working, and they have been working on a transference or a mind upload so that that way we could live forever electronically. But because all of these things haven't worked so far, the greatest thing that I see people trying to stave off or to delay death is by creating a legacy for themselves. To create themselves to be immortalized in some kind of captured form, whether that be a statue, that be a mythological story, that be some way that they are passed on from generation to generation beyond just their own family, is this idea or this desire of leaving a legacy so that we will never, ever be forgotten, that we will live immortalized. We see that happen here frequently in the use of our currencies, right? Who's on our current currency? Which country? This one. Oh, India is with uh, Gandhi. Yeah, Mahatma Gandhi is on our currency so that that way he is immortalized and he will therefore live forever as the father of India. In America, we have several different people on our currencies. Uh, in England and in other parts of the world, there are people that are pl placed on our currency to help immortalize them. This is one of the ways that we uh, try to live forever. And so this is not the way that everybody wants to live. I understand that. There is a caveat that most people do the majority want to live with uh, with live for forever yet inevitably it is appointed unto man once to die even though we don't fully understand what death is what crossing over to the other side is the majority of people want to live not just today but they want to live tomorrow and so therefore we do have a hidden fear maybe even in the back of our brain of what tomorrow may hold or even what would happen after death. Again, there is a minority of people that definitely, a caveat of minority of people that definitely don't care about tomorrow. These are people that are um, sometimes mentally ill, sometimes they're super depressed, and this has uh, brought about a propagation of people to start looking for ways to remove themselves from this earth today. And we've seen that recently in the creation of Switzerland, where they created themselves a machine that will help with instantaneous suicide. In the past, we've had people like Dr. Jack Kovorkian, who has helped assist people in suicide because of the great medical technology advancements. We think that this applies to everybody, and so therefore, Everybody that has a heart problem uh, and has any kind of brain activity at all, we do our best through the medical profession to keep them alive, even if that's not really what the best thing for them is. And so assisted suicide has been on the law books for years. However, we're talking about mortality. We're talking about death. We're talking about what tomorrow holds. And so however you fall on the lines of what we're talking about right now, 
us as Christians have got to be honest and recognize that we are very interested in the survival of what is to come after our death. It has been talked about throughout Jewish and Christian history and is a huge part of why some people come to faith. No one has come back from the grave, with the exception of Jesus himself, to tell us what is beyond tomorrow or what is beyond death. That being said, and his, uh, historically, scientifically, and through our faith verified that we as Christians, and only Christians, those who have faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, only they have the ability to have faith and trust in what tomorrow holds, whether that eternity is here on earth or with God. With all of those things being said, uh, let's start looking into the scriptures. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Realizing that our past is forgiven, living victoriously today with the help of the Holy Word, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit, this faith brings about a confidence in us about the future. We have confidence. We don't have to be fearful. In fact, the future is something to be embraced, something to be grasped in a way that we do not fear the future, but instead we look forward to that eternal time that we will be with our Heavenly Father. Knowing the importance of life after death, which is eternity, is also a vital part of the faith of all of us as Christians. If it were not for the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and lives eternally, this fact makes a follower of Christ unlike any other disciple of any other religion throughout the globe. Your faith would be pointless if it were not for the resurrection. The importance of Jesus' resurrection is just as important as his atoning death for our sins. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 12 through 19. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in his life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Eternal life after death is a reality. Heaven is real. Hell is also real. If they are not, then we as followers of Jesus are truly to be pitied above anybody else in the world as we have ultimately been deceived. However, as Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58 of the following, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. 
Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that this is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. It's mm. awesome. The reality that there is a life beyond what we physically see and touch is evidence in the words of the Apostle Paul, who is given those words by the Holy Spirit, which is a direct revelation to us from our Heavenly Father. We see the following things are vital for us to recognize as Christians when we're talking about the future. Number one, Jesus will return for all those who believe in him and follow him. This is called the second coming of Christ. Number two, Christ's return is imminent. What does imminent mean? Always able to happen. Yeah, it can happen at any time. Number three, heaven is eternal life with God. Number four, hell is eternal separation from God. And I can think of nothing more terrifying than this. People have tried to describe hell in so many ways in order to scare people into salvation. And they talk about this, uh, the fact that you'll be filled with tears and that the worm will continue to eat the flesh, etc., etc., which are all things that are mentioned in the Bible. But to me, there's nothing more terrifying than the fact that I have lived all of my conscious life with God's presence ever surrounding me. Even in those moments that I feel like I am totally alone and that there is nobody else there, God has still been with me even in those moments. And hell is complete separation from him. I've never experienced what that's like, and that is terrifying. I can't even imagine how horrible that would be because even in my most darkest moments on this earth, God's blessings have still continued to fill me with hope and joy for the future. And I know for you the same is true. So as even when we were not believers in God, we were still in his presence, being separated from our creator, our redeemer, Lord, master, and king. That is definitely eternal suffering. The fifth thing that we see in these passages of scripture is that we believe that when Jesus returns, those believers who have been dead and those believers who are currently alive will receive a new body. This new body will bring us into perfection. Our physical body will be transformed into an eternal body and we will be like Christ when he rose from the grave. And our new body will be capable of doing all kinds of really radical and cool stuff. So the Bible actually describes out of the water, those who have 
been uh, perished in water, those who have been perished in fire, those who have been perished, no matter where they are, those who are in Christ will be rose and they will meet Lord in the air and they will have a new body. The really cool thing that I think that uh, we shall be reminded of in this moment is, is that God's desire for his own is to call them back into his complete perfected presence. Now on to the questions that we have. We're going to read the passage of scripture of John chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. And we're going to discuss what are the requirements for eternal life. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So what are the requirements in order to achieve eternal life? That you be born again. Right. We've all been born of water, which means we were all born from our mother. And so to be born again means to be born of the Spirit. And to be born of the Spirit, whom must we confess as our Lord and Savior? Christ. Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wonderful. Who will inherit eternal life in heaven? People. <laughs> Those who believe. Those who believe. Those who believe in? Christ Jesus. Jesus. Any exceptions to that? Anybody else that just gets to slide in there somewhere? Is there any kind of loophole for people to not believe in Jesus and yet receive eternal life? No. No, no there's not. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in who also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession into the praise of, the, of his glory. Wonderful. 
So what guarantee do you have that your tomorrow is secure? You always say we never know if we're going to have another tomorrow. Yeah, but who is our guarantee of tomorrow oh, as Christians? God. Christ. Christ. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus is not he mentioned in this passage of Scripture. Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So say that, that passage of Scripture says that the Holy Spirit who is revealed is our seal of the promise that guarantees us our inheritance, uh, inheritance, our inheritance. <laughs> of our redemption which was purchased by Christ. So we are guaranteed a future as Christians. So even though we are constantly told tomorrow is not always promised to us, that is true. But yet at the same time, those of us who are Christians, we have a guarantee by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will be secure in eternal life. That is our security. So you think about it. If I promise you to pay you something, we have a way of doing that these days. Uh, we don't use them all the time anymore, but it's a piece of paper. We write on it. We say two, and then you put the, um, the person who it's to. You put the amount of how much money it is, and then you put your signature on it. And that is a check that you give to somebody. It is a security that says that this payment will be good. Oh, you also have to put the date on it as well, right? That it'll be good by. So you put the date on it. You can do advanced checks. Sometimes people do require that, especially here in India. If you're taking rent on something, they'll be like, I need six months of advanced checks. So you sit down and you write down January 5th, 2022, February 5th, 2022 and you do that for six months and it's got a check and then you believe that they're going to hold that and then one day on that day that's when they're going to deposit it into the bank because the bank can't accept it until that date is actually passed or on that day of and then they will have that money that you have promised that will be in your account that will then go into their account in a similar manner we have a deposit that is inside of us it is the Holy Spirit that says on the day of our death, because we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, that he is our master, we will receive eternal life. That's what that passage of scripture is. Next question is found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others reveal you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Christ gave us a promise of tomorrow when we face hardships. What is the promise? That your reward will be great in heaven. Yeah. For enduring persecution. Yeah. More than just believing on him. Right. And it's persecution that is mainly in your faith, not because you did something stupid. Not because you sinned. Right. And then now, oh my goodness, I sinned, so therefore I'm being persecuted for my mistake. Right. Like if you're a Christian and you're taking somebody's money, like you're robbing them blind. Say like you own a lot of property. Sure. And, some, and you have a renter that's renting from you. And you overcharge them for certain things that 
are not necessarily true because you know, oh, I can get a lot of money out of them. So I'm just going to charge them these prices. And then if that person stops paying you because they find out what you're doing, that doesn't mean you're being persecuted in your faith. Right. That means you're not an honest person. So you got to really know what the definition is of persecution. Mm. And in the context of the scenario of your your heart towards men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we could take that example of uh, uh, a little bit further. What You work in an office place and you get caught because you've been stealing office supplies. You've been stealing the toilet paper uh, to take home. You've been stealing pens. You've been stealing staples and staplers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the boss catches you, reprimands you, gives you a warning. Uh, you continue to do it. and then, uh, But you go around saying, oh, they're persecuting me because... I don't really have money and I don't get paid enough at this job, blah, 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 blah. That's why I'm taking these things. Uh, but the warning was, no, you're stealing. You're stealing from the company and uh, you continue to steal from the company and then you get fired. You weren't persecuted for your faith in Christ because you were fired for continuing to steal. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments alone says thou shalt not steal. So we have to recognize that if we're continuing to break the laws of God, that there are repercussions for those. And persecution is not one of those repercussions. You're facing the repercussion for the thing that you did that was dishonest, that was thievery, that was ungodly in the first place. And be great, honestly, be grateful that you're facing that on this side of heaven because we are going to be judged for those things that we don't get caught for when we do cross over into eternal life because there is a judgment that does happen. And I'm not trying to say that to cause us to be like, oh man, you said that tomorrow will be eternity with God and that'll be great. It is. At the same time, there is going to be a judgment. There's a judgment for all those who believe in Jesus and there is a judgment for those who don't believe in Jesus. Trust me, you want to be at the judgment seat of Christ and not at the other one where we'll be separated from God. But it's important for us to recognize that there is a judgment that is coming for us. Next passage of scripture is one that we have read already in the opening of this. I just want us to get a little more clarity as to what it's talking about. So we're going to reread 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 56 and through 58. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We have victory over death when we follow Christ. How then shall we live? We should live in thanksgiving. Definitely. What is it that's bringing death upon us? Sin, so continual repentance. Mm, man, living a life of continual repentance is vital for us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Are you ever going to just stop sinning? Like, hey, that's no longer a problem for me. No. no. So the solution would be to continue to ask for forgiveness and repent of our sins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I thought the day that I asked Jesus into my heart was the day that I repented, so I don't need to do it anymore. That's not, that's not at all what Scripture says. Scripture says that we are to continue a life of dedicated repentance, dedicated forgiveness, forgiving ourselves and forgiving others, and therefore being forgiven by Christ, which proves that we are to be repentant. Next 
passage of scripture is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon pregnant women, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. What is our equipment which we must put on in preparation for the coming of Christ? Put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And if we're putting on armor, does this show our walk with Christ to be easy or difficult? Difficult. It's a battle. Yeah, it is a battle. You're right. Are you ready for the battles? This is a reflective question, something that we've got to ask ourselves. Are we really ready for the battles that are ahead? Because today, no matter what day it is, we are we have gone through battles so far. And just because we fall in love with Jesus and he becomes our Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean that our battles are over. There are still more to come. However, now we are no longer fighting alone. We are fighting with somebody on our side. And that is that Holy Spirit who is our guaranteed deposit that we have eternal life. He also is our counselor. He also is the one that helps talk to us through scenarios where we struggle and have so many problems. The Holy Spirit, God himself, in the power of the Holy Spirit, is truly our best friend. And the last passage of scripture for today it's found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 11 through 14. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. <laughs> but <laughs> shall wax cold. That's what it says. Are you serious? Yes. What verse are you on? She's Matthew not 24. <laughs> but ye shall endure unto the end. The same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world of for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So there's going to be people that are going to be attempting to deceive. Are they going to be deceiving even Christians? Oh, yes. 
So there's going to be uh, uh, false prophets rise up. They're going to deceive not only those who don't believe in Jesus, but also continue to carry them away. But there's going to be those that are going to rise up within the church itself. Now, how do we know that everyone in the church necessarily isn't a Christian? I mean, they go to church. That means they're obviously bought by the blood of Jesus, right? Some people will be honest with you and tell you, like, I don't believe in Christ, but I do know I need to come to church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are those that do that. And then you also know by the by their fruits, so to say, mm -hmm. like, who they are and their demeanor. And if they're continuing to grow in their relationship with Christ, like if it's not stagnant, mm -hmm. so to say. And Christ also says, you shall know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. So if someone is in the church and he, he or she just hates everybody in there and is tearing everybody else down, you can tell that they're not truly living in Christ. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so with the fact that there's false prophets that are deceiving many, and there are those of us who will endure to the end, loving and clinging to Christ as our hope, our security. We know the Holy Spirit is our deposit for eternal life. What are some of the goals that you would like to obtain in fighting against the times in which we live? I want to embrace growing older, embrace each and every stage of life that life has to bring. Like I've never dreaded like, oh no, I'm 20, or oh no, I'm 30, or oh no, I'm 40, and like, I've never dreaded those ages, and I don't dread turning 50, or 60, or 70, or 80, I just I want to embrace it in all of its fullness, because each and every day, there's something new, there's something to learn, there's something to discover, there's something to grow, uh, whether it's in me, or whether I get to share more of my testimony with others, mm -hmm. I just want to embrace life till death mm. with Christ Jesus as my all in all. Yeah. What about you guys? Your life's about the change. What are you embracing? What am I embracing? Yeah. I mean, within the next year, you're not going to be uh, anywhere near the same man that you are, young man that you are right now. What do you look forward to? What are the things that you know are going to be challenges and even battles, but you look forward to fighting them and overcoming them? College, <laughs> university, I mean, especially since the major I'm going for, <laughs> and I don't want to switch my major either, that's mm -hmm. the thing, I don't want to go into the middle of it and switch my major and not follow through with what I want to do, because I want to go into physics, and that's like hard, but I want to do it, and I feel like that's what I need to do. Yeah, and that's going to be a big challenge with all the studying and balance, especially studying, but then balancing regular life with all that studying and not just living in my books mm -hmm. definitely and also never being discouraged because i know especially within the major of physics a lot of people talk down on people that once they cross that 25 year old mark that oh man your career in physics is now over but the reality is is that we've got to also look through history and recognize hey schrodinger mm -hmm. schrodinger Schrodinger. Schrodinger, I can never say his name right the first time. I have to say it twice. Schrodinger didn't discover his principles till he was 38 years old. So, you know, that 25-year-old mark, that's not necessarily always got to be there. And so we can't always equate ourselves with, hey, the majority over here, what if you are that a chosen elite minority to do things later in life? That's a good thing, too. 
Mallory. Yes. To be an overcomer, what do you see yourself overcoming in the days ahead? Mm, high school. High school. Oh, is that it? That's a period? That's a high, yes. high school period. period. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Because, um, like, everyone always talks bad about high school. Like, whenever, like, adults specifically, all they do is ever talk about how bad high school is. And then I get scared. And I'm like, is high school going to be this bad for me? Mm, sure. Yeah. And for myself, continuing to follow Christ with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, I definitely want to make sure that he is a regular part of my conversations, but also a regular part of the business that I conduct. I don't want to conduct things in a way that I am just ignoring my biblical principles and ignoring the values of which I hold dear that I read daily within the Holy Scriptures. I want to be a man that continues to stand for those principles, no matter the loss that may con may come in the future. And I know that's that in and of itself can be a scary principle for, for different people, especially when it comes to, oh man, profit loss is going to be great this year, blah, blah, you know, all of those things, because then what is the board going to say? What are people going to say within the company, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is, is that as I continue to hold true to the promises of Christ, my Lord, even if that means that things close because we did things Christ-like, that doesn't mean that that's an end. To me, that means that we did the things the proper way and that there is a future that's still out there. It just may need to be tweaked. It may need to be a little bit different. And that is the battle that I'm ready to go and take full steam ahead and make sure that Christ is my all in all. And of course, I want to continue to be that example as a husband uh, for any of my coworkers or any of my friends or any of those that I come in contact with. What? I want be, to be a, that example. Continue to be a husband even, to my coworkers. No, an example of a husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, an example of what a husband does because I know so many are struggling within their marriages. And, and I want to be a good example. I want to show that I love Blair with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that she truly is my completed one. And I want to continue to be that example of a father to those that are all around me of the way that I am a dad to you guys, Mallory and Xavier and Addison, because you guys are so precious to me and to mommy as well. And we want to make sure that we continue to, in godly principles, parent you because you truly are gifts of God. And we don't take that for granted. We don't take you guys for granted. We're super proud of you. Super excited of the high school future you have. Super excited of the university future you have. And for Addison, excited about what she's going to do upon graduating university. And, uh, and I say all these things to say that my hope is secure, that I don't have to go to the metaverse. I don't have to go to cybergenetics. I don't have to go to cryogenics or the fountain of youth in order to obtain some kind of sense of security in the days ahead. Instead, my security and my hope is secure in the Holy Spirit for the future. And I know that that's something that I want to continue to proclaim until the day I die to my children to those that I am closest with, as well as my friends and my neighbors. Mallory, will you close us in prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day, and that we will worship you always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
And if you got any questions or comments or you want to have anything to say to us, we are on social media. Five Alive out.